Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. How you doing? Follow us on the gram at IGJ Hood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and ESPN Chicago app. Glad that you're with me here on this Wednesday night. We will talk to Barrett Jones, three-time national champion with Alabama and former Chicago Bear Barrett Jones. He's an analyst on college football for ESPN Radio. We'll get his thoughts about the upcoming draft and the Bears at 8 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. So glad that you are with us. Uh, so, so here's what we're going to do here. And and I will tell you a little bit about our, our business. There have been so many that will listen to the radio or listen to a podcast and take a segment that seems to work or seems to resonate with that host, and that host will steal, will steal that topic or steal that talking point and put it on their show and never give credit. Welcome to our business, right? This is what it is, where it is the home of stealing, and there are no original ideas until I get on the air. Nonetheless, I will tell you point blank that I heard something uh, earlier today, and I wanted to bring it to our show because I'm a basketball fan. So I listen to Bill Simmons' podcast. Bill Simmons is a huge basketball fan, and even though he's a Celtics fan, he still is pretty fair when it comes to just the the history of basketball. And so I'm a fan. Black listens as well. So we enjoy the Bill Simmons podcast. Whether he's right or wrong is just very interesting. Always. Sometimes, sometimes there's um, his thoughts about basketball are kind of just far fetched, but it's entertaining. So I listened to the uh, BS podcast with uh, Bill and and Ryan Rossillo earlier today, and they're going to go through between 1996 and 2000. They're going to do a redraft. Now, this is something I've never done before on the air as far as looking back at a draft and looking at the players that you know now. Not knowing what you know now, how would you redraft during that particular time frame? Now, Sean, you were able to see some of this on YouTube with Simmons and Rosilla, right? Yes, I definitely checked it out. I thought it was very interesting. Looking forward to it. All right, so let's you and I redraft. Again, this is totally from the Simmons podcast, and I thought, okay, let me get, put my stamp on this and take a look at it. And here's why the nice draft. Because it will tell you a couple of things about the NBA. First of all, it will tell you about, this is, again, related to the Jordan conversation we had in our last half hour. It relates to where the NBA was and how the NBA was turning. Because the Bulls were on the precipice of another three-peat during this time in 96. And just how the NBA was about to change, either for the better or for the worse. So, Sean, give me a little, let's give us a little music here, and let's go back and forth here about the 1996 draft. Okay, do you want to start, or do you want me to start? You go right ahead. Okay, so let me just go through the names real quick of that 96 draft for people that don't know. In this 96 draft were players like uh, Jermaine O'Neal and Tony Delk and Steve Nash. Kobe was there. Uh, Todd Fuller from NC State. Um... Antoine Walker, Chicago's own from Mount Carmel, Kentucky. Ray Allen, Stephon Marbury, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Marcus Camby, Allen Iverson, Roy Rogers in this draft. Um, You know, amongst the Walter McCarty from Kentucky also in this draft. So what we're going to do is redraft. We see this list here, and if we had to do it all over again, how would we look at it? So in the 96 draft, what I would do is my first pick in the 96 draft, Sean, would be Kobe Bryant. My question to you is, Philadelphia took the first pick. 
Kobe was from not he's from Italy, but he he's from Philly. His father it played in Philly. Why didn't the Sixers take Kobe at one? I think it was still an era where straight from high school was a lot of skepticism surrounding it. LeBron James had not come along where he was the surefire number one pick no matter where he was playing on the planet Earth. I think there was a little bit of skepticism still. Uh, Kevin Garnett had gone before uh, Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant straight from high school, but he still wasn't taking number one overall. So I, I understood Allen Iverson being taken number one overall. I mean, what he, the show he had just put on at Georgetown and resurrecting that program because it, Georgetown was on his way to being almost dead until True. they got Allen Iverson. A different standard for John during that time. Oh, he, he definitely took, he definitely <laughs> took a player that was totally different from the players that he was. He, he, he was no sleepy Floyd. I'll put it like that. Sketchy. He, he, he was trying to win. He didn't care about Allen's bass uh, in uh, in Virginia. Okay. So, who, what's your number one pick? If you had to do it all over again in 96. Uh, at 96, I'm taking Kobe Bryant. No, no doubt about it. I'm going to follow the Michael Jordan uh blueprint that the Bulls laid down. I'm going to take that two guard and build around him. And I think if they take Kobe Bryant in two or three years, they probably would have been in the uh, NBA Finals just like they were with Allen Iverson, but they would have had more staying power with Kobe Bryant. That's that's good. Yeah. Uh, after after Jordan in that championships, now you're looking at Philly because well, Kobe's developing at that time. Yep. Now we're talking about a, a year four, year five of Kobe. Now we're looking at something right there. All right. What is your second pick in the draft? My second pick, the Toronto Raptors. I think at this spot right here, a lot of people would say Steve Nash, uh, maybe even Marbury, but they had just drafted a point guard that was the NBA Rookie of the Year. They had Damon Stoudemire. So I think they go to the wing player, and I think out of Connecticut, they take Ray Allen, the sharpshooter, to go along with Damon Stoudemire. Now, in the real draft, it was Marcus Camby from UMass, and Marcus Camby was solid for Calipari at UMass. He's a really good player during that time. I remember that very well. Um, So I also have Ray Allen averaging 18.9 points a game. And here's what we got to know about Ray Allen. Ray Allen, don't think about just Jesus Shuttleworth and just the movie. He had three or four different acts as a player, right? I mean, different from Milwaukee to Miami, Boston, the places that he went, Davis. He, I mean, he paid dividends in a big way everywhere he went. He even at the end, he went out while he was still hot. He could have still uh, hooked on with some team, a championship team, and really helped them. And don't forget, he was coming off fantastic performances in the Big East Championship game. He and Allen Iverson both put on the show. Uh, Ray Allen had the game-winning shot. And then he dropped 40 against UCLA in an Elite Eight loss that year as well. So, absolutely, Ray Allen was on fire in that NCAA postseason. I think they definitely would have taken him. Okay, so we're redrafting the 96th draft on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. So, uh, we're in lock and step. Kobe and Allen 1-2. The third pick in the draft was Sharif Abdurrahim for Vancouver. And if I'm redrafting, Allen Iverson goes to Vancouver. Now, here's the thing about Allen. And I'm not trying to diss Allen Iverson because Allen Iverson culturally meant a lot to the NBA during a time where David Stern was trying to get more butts in seats. Remember, there was a lull there, Sean, with the NBA where people weren't sure after the mouse and the palace whether or not they should go back to the to the games or not. Yeah. Ratings start to sag, and so that's when Stern brought in so like the uh, 
where you had to dress up the dress code thing. And Alan was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so the, he was able to usher in the hip hop culture. But can I tell you, like after he was 30, 31, uh, no, let's say when he was, was 30 with the Sixers, that was the beginning of the end. Like that Denver Iverson, Memphis Iverson, that wasn't, he went to Detroit, I want to say for a cup of coffee for 50 games. I think that was the beginning. Like Iverson was very good, but Iverson was that guy kind of like we see Westbrook now in which he got to a finals, but it was about trust who, and and look at that roster is like, who's going to trust Eric snow, you know, but like, but (laughs) you know, but, but the whole thing is like, they didn't give him the talent around him. And then on top of that, I don't think Allen was trying to pass. I just don't think he was trying to make a, he made himself better, made the team better, but did he make others better on a regular basis? I would say no. Well, from his background, he probably had a problem trusting authority figures. He probably had a problem trusting people around him. And that's just from off the court and just knowing his situation. So that type of mindset definitely spilled on the court and he tried to do everything on his own, but ended up, Hindering him along the way in his career, so he would he would have been fighting to get out of Vancouver. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That was an expansion team. <laughs> he would have been trying to fight out. I mean, it's one thing he went to Philly and he did well there, but he would have been trying to get away from like Antonio Daniels yep. and all those guys. And Sharif Sharif wasn't uh, drafted at the time. So, who would you have at three for your hey, list? You, you lead me right into my pick. It's an easy pick for me. Steve Nash, straight out of Santa Clara. He's from Canada. You get him in there. Run that pick and roll with big country, and he really had nobody in front of him. I mean, who was in front of him? Moochie Norris and Greg Anthony. <laughs> Steve Nash. Like <laughs> he gets mad. That's an easy pick. I mean, wow. they were they were definitely low on talent on that roster at that point in time. You, you had did Lawrence not, but, Moulton and Greg yes. Anthony, Moochie Norris. It's, big country was your star player. But you okay? You can say that now. Yeah, you can. You're right. But that, but that late night West, like that big Monday West Coast feed, where you're watching Santa Clara, like uh, you give him credit because he's a two time MVP, and that's a whole different c- podcast right there. By the way, Steve Nash's two time MVP is that what the league needed, or did he really earn it? Let's just be honest. Okay, we can talk about that. Uh, all right. So, but Steve Nash at three as a Canadian. And he proved himself because of his longevity in the league, 18 years in the league. So, okay, so so you got Steve Nash for your third half. Steve Nash revitalizing the game or keeping the game. You know what? They still might be in Vancouver if Steve Nash went there. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. I have Nash fourth going to Milwaukee. Now, Stephon Marbury uh, out of Georgia Tech was four uh, in the real draft, but in the redraft, I would have Steve Nash at four. I just think that with him coming from Milwaukee, you know, and we can go back and forth on Nash and Marbury and the type of players that they were, but I thought that Nash would be solid there at four. This one right here, I'm still debating. This is like I'm waiting until like 30 seconds on the clock to take the card to the commission. Mm-hmm. And it's between Allen Iverson and Stephon Marbury. And I just think they already had big dog. And if you put Allen Iverson with Big Dog Robinson, I don't know if you have enough shots to go around. I just don't. I just don't. And don't forget, right, at that point in time, they had a very good Vin Baker on the box who was playing very well. And their six-man, Armin Gilliam, was a very good six-man at the power forward position as well. So they had points in the paint. They had Big Dog on the wing. Did you really need a smaller player out front 
commanding the ball and dribbling the ball as much as Allen Iverson did. I'm going to go ahead and give the card to the commission, say Stephon Marbury. Wow. Wow. Going to throw a wrench right here in the 96 draft. Wait just Stephon Marbury goes to the Wait. Milwaukee What are Bucks. you saying? Wait a <laughs> it must be because he's got 10 million masks that he's trying to give from China. That's why you just you just do a give. You just got the feels because Marbury's got the mask. He's a proven winner in the CBA hood and the in the shoes. Yes, that's what you. That is something. Wow. He of the ten dollars wow. shoes. The wow. affordable shoes for the young kids. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to go with the guy that I think would play much better with Big Dog and the post players they had. Okay. Well, I brought I have- him in for the workout. I spoke to him face-to-face, both of them, Allen Iverson and Marbury. And the whole practice conversation just didn't go well with Allen Iverson. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Didn't go well. Okay. Well, see, I have Bryant, Allen, uh, Ray Allen, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash at four. Uh, that would be my choice for Steve Steve Nash at four. And then my next choice is Stephon Mar- Marbury at five going to Minnesota. And, and Minnesota took Ray Allen, by the way. And that was a trade, if I'm not mistaken. There was a trade between Minnesota and Milwaukee. That's right. That's yep. right. So, so yeah. So, I, I would have Marbury at five there uh, going to Minnesota. Now, Minnesota, you already had the Vikings. You already had Prince and the music scene. I'm going to go ahead and put the big ticket, Kevin Garnett, that was already there. I'm going to put him with the answer. You're talking about selling tickets at the Target Center? Yeah. Yeah. Allen Iverson and Kevin Garnett definitely would have set the city of Minneapolis on fire. That I like so that. So I'm going with Allen Iverson at the fifth pick. Okay. Six was Antoine Walker from Boston. Um, something was going on with Antoine toward the middle. Like, And I, I agree with the assessment that Antoine might have lost some confidence there. You know, Antoine, it is the Patino system. They just shot a ton of threes. You remember this, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you talk about threes now. They shot a lot of threes in, in, while Antoine was at Boston. And Antoine was a guy that could do it all out of Kentucky in his, in his first few years in the NBA. Then he wasn't a great free throw shooter toward the end of his career. And I, I don't know. I just, I'm, instead, I'm going to go, even though Antoine Walker was chosen sixth in the real draft, I'm going Marcus Camby at six. I thought Camby, as I mentioned, was a solid player. Think about Camby, 17 years in the league. And I've learned this from the podcast. Do you know Marcus Camby in t- ten years in a row was one one and done in the uh, first round of the dra- uh, first round of the tournament, first round of the playoffs. He was one and done for ten straight years. Wow, <laughs> that's hard to that's beat. That's a heck of a stack. That's hard to beat. You're right. That's hard to beat. <laughs> what is uh, so? I, I chose at six. So six, you have Camby. Yeah. What do you have? Yeah, I'm going to go the big man route as well. I, the two players I brought in to talk to were Peja Stoyakovich and Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Mm. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and put my faith in uh, Dana Barros and his three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take a guard. Uh, Peja would have definitely extended the floor for us and gave us driving angles. But I'm going to go uh, with Sharif Abdul-Rahim because he probably would have reminded me of Kevin McHale. It's all right. I would have thought, yeah, I got me another big man down here in the box that can score points. And he was definitely a safer pick back then. So, yes. are, yeah, 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 fine. Yeah. Sharif Abdurrahim. Yeah. Okay. So now we go to seven. The real draft was Lorenz and Wright from Memphis. And I wrote down Antoine Walker there. There's where Antoine Walker is for me at seven. 
Number seven for me is Jermaine O'Neal. Mm. Jermaine O'Neal. He just signed, he he seems like a clipper. And and just give him the the benefit of the doubt here. Jermaine O'Neal had a very interesting career. He was in the league for eighteen years as a big, and not necessarily like a you know the stretch four or five you see right now. Jermaine O'Neal lasted a long time in the league. High school, right? Out of high school, straight out of high school, and yeah. definitely those wasted years in Indiana where they had all the turmoil with all those players getting into fights on the court and off the court in clubs. They just ruined their window of opportunity to win a championship. So I definitely think his career was uh, thrown off track, not just because basically not because of his actions, but the actions of his teammates surrounding him. He is this generation's or, or what we see now with Tyson Chandler. He's still hanging on. Tyson's still in the league on the bench. Yeah. Right, so yeah. Jermaine O'Neal, eighteen years. Give him credit. Like I didn't. Now, if we were to redraft it, he'd be eighth, ninth on my list is Peja Stoyakovic. Um, during the times, Peja, you gotta remember his the time with Dallas was pretty good too. Thirteen years in the league, Peja was a guy that can knock down the three. So, in a specialist in that regard, so he'd be nine on my list. We're right in step with each other. Peja Stoyakovic is definitely. You look at that roster. That's what they needed. They needed shooting. And he would have been perfect. He would have been the second coming of Drazen Petrovic that they had tragically lost. Mm-hmm. So Peja would have been perfect for the New Jersey Nets right there. There's a lot still on this board here. There's Eric Dampier and Samaki Walker are his bigs. Kerry Kittles is nice at Villanova. Nice, but not great. Lorenzen Wright did spend 13 years in the league. Um, but I went down, and John Wallace was nice too for Syracuse. He, he could have been better John Wallace at Syracuse because um, I liked him in college but was never great in the NBA so I dug deep and went all the way down to 24 and got Derek Fisher Wow! wow. <laughs> Derek Fisher laced, hey nobody knew Derek Fisher could do what he did did you think a guy from Little Rock would have an 18 year career no I mean come Not on now right, so I, I take D Fish at 10 on that on that list did you take Kerry Kittles? What did you do? Let's say you said that we're at nine, right? Uh, let's see. The Dallas Mavericks? Because we just put Paige on the Nets. Yes. Eight. Yeah, okay. So Derek Fisher is nine. Nine. Yes. Okay. I looked at that Dallas Mavericks roster. That's the roster with Jay Kidd, Jim Jackson, Mashburn. I'm going to go ahead and take the shot blocker to secure the inside and the interior on the defensive end. This is where Marcus Camby falls for me. Mm. Right here to the Dallas Mavericks. Good player. Yeah. It lasted a long time. Maybe he could have refereed the fights over Tony Braxton. Okay. <laughs> See, that's that's not right. Um, and so uh, lastly on the list is uh, Zadrunas Elgaskis. Hmm. You snuck Big Z in in the top 10. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, look at his activity around the rim. Yeah, easy baskets around the rim. And, uh, you know, for a big guy, had, was mobile, was around the league 12, 13 years. So it's, you know, solid player. Now, I'm taking him over Walter McCarty. I'm taking him over Vitaly Potapenko, who was not great. Smocky Walker, Eric Dampier. Kerry Kittles was nice, though. That was a tough one because I like Kerry Kittles. He just didn't last in the league very long. Uh, but that's – and you notice I didn't put Sharif on my list. Oh, I, I, I just peeped that. Yeah. I thought maybe I need a refresher, but I don't remember him being that good. <laughs> I'm going to top it out with my guy, local legend right here from Mark Carmel, Antoine Walker. He's going to go number 10 to Indiana, stare nearby, and get beat up by the Central. 
I don't. You know what? That's interesting. If he had gone to Indiana and that system, because Donnie Walsh is really good at bringing mm-hmm. in players, developing developing them, putting great coaches around them that would bring out the best of their talents. Because they had Jermaine O'Neal, high school with Jonathan Bender before he got hurt. Sure. Was another high school player that looked like he had a great career in front of him, in front of him before his leg and foot problems. So, the uh, Bulls, by the way, took was drafted 29th in that list. They were 29th, and they uh, they took Travis Knight out of UConn when there was quality there, like uh, Othella Harrington, who eventually ended up being a Bull, right? During the bad years, he did. He did. Okay, so, did. so they could have they could have went and got Othella Harrington. There wasn't a tough a, a lot after that, like a Mucci Norris or Jeff McGinnis, who you think Jordan would have asked for Jeff McGinnis because he went to North Carolina, but yeah. So the Bulls ch- cho- chose 29th there, and they got Travis Knight. So this shows you that it's it, it's an exercise of looking at Kobe Bryant. What could have been? He should have been the first pick, but it was Allen Iverson. Followed by Marcus Camby, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Stephon Marbury, and Ray Allen. Those are your top five in that draft. And, again, a lot of talent in that in that draft, right? Definitely. A good role player. Well, a guy that ended up being a great role player for the Utah Jazz on a championship or NBA Finals teams was uh, Shandon Anderson from Georgia. Shandon Anderson was, was a nice player. picked up at 54. He was a very nice role player. Really nice yeah. player. Drew Barry's on this list as well. As well, yeah. <laughs> I see. He's in the second round. So, uh, and by the way, and Malik Rose, my guy from Drexel, my guy, solid, yeah, my guy, solid Malik for the Spurs. He was in the in the second round. All right, coming up, we will talk about the Bears in the NFL draft. Who are the best? Who's the best quarterbacks that we should be looking for in this upcoming draft? And is the wide receiver core really that deep? We'll get into that coming up next, right here on Under the Hood. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN One Thousand, Chicago's home for sports.